Hi folks, and thanks for coming back to another episode of Debatable. I know we are almost (laughs) sick of hearing about it, but the US election will be taking place in exactly a week from the live date of this podcast episode, Tuesday the 3rd of November in the States, so that is November the 4th, the Wednesday for us. So today I'm going to share the interview that I did with Dr. Emma Shortus for ZFeed about the potential election outcomes, um, a Trump re-election or a Biden presidency and what that means for us in Australia specifically. Dr. Shortus is a historian and she specializes in US history and politics and she is currently a research fellow at RMIT University and she also uh, co-hosts a university podcast called Barely Getting By, and I will link that in the show notes. The article is already live on the site. It's gotten a really great response, so thank you to everybody who's already read. And anyone who hasn't, you can go read that. I will include the link. But in this episode, so the difference between the article and this episode, now you'll be able to hear her extended answers, which do provide context for some things that I couldn't quite fit into the article. I'm just to keep things really concise and to the point for readers, I, you know, did sort of just focus her answers in the written piece on just directly answering the question. But in the conversation, we touched on a lot of other really interesting and I think very important stuff. For example, you know, she explains why even if Joe Biden uh, was to win the election, he might actually not be able to get much legislation passed at all because the Republicans still hold the Senate. Well, right now they do. Um, so the Democrats would have to flip the Senate if they kind of wanted a clear path to get some of these changes pushed through. Um, so there are a few different theoretical situations to kind of take into account. So, it, it you know, the election is one thing. But there's also so much that comes after it that I think really changes what kind of happens next. So, yeah, we get into some of that stuff as well. For a little bit of, I guess, personal context to the interview and the article, my boyfriend Pierre sometimes gives me stick for consuming too much American pop culture and American news, um, and he's, he's a good reality check for me, I think, whenever I start to just draw parallels to the US and Australia like a little bit too closely because, you know, although there are a lot of similarities between our societies and the way we do things, that they are really two very different countries in so many ways. Um, and sometimes I can kind of like, that's a flaw of mine. Sometimes I can get sort of like sucked into to that way of thinking and almost like transplant the ideas over to Australia, which is, is not always the most insightful or helpful. I did, to be honest, start to feel like maybe, you know, kind of questioning myself, thinking like maybe I was overstating the importance of the election and just giving it too much influence, like not only within my own mind, but also in my coverage for Z-Feed. Like this is where people are coming for information. You know, 90% of them are Australians. So, you know, was I going too hard on this thing that actually wasn't going to matter at the end of the day? So I guess that was like, that was my reason for reaching out to an expert. And I almost wanted that like reality check from someone who wasn't Pierre to say that, you know, from an Australian point of view, Actually, not too much is going to change, so you don't need to worry about it too much. You can probably dull it down a little bit. Um, As it turns out, that is not the situation. I was kind of right on this one. And while the importance of the election is definitely not as extreme um, for us as it will be for the Americans, of course, it's their election, it's their country. That's like, that's, of course, the priority. It is still going to have a really big impact on all of our lives 
and not just in Australia, but around the world for the next decade or more, because it is kind of going to determine the global direction on a few really big issues. So, you know, with that in mind, I I do think that it's worth following to a certain extent and it's worth kind of knowing about, even if you're not a real big politics and news nerd like me, at least understanding the broad shape of it and just focusing on, on what this kind of means for you and your beliefs and your way of life. And that stands for either outcome, whether Trump wins or whether Biden wins. It's more about what does either outcome actually mean for us. And for me, the way I think about this is kind of a similar narrative to COVID. Like even though it's tempting to speak this way, there is no returning to normal after this is over. Like that's not the kind of language that we're really using anymore because we know that it's not reality. It's not about going back to the way things were, but rather it's going forward into a new era. And, you know, what does that era look like? I kind of think that's more so the question. Anyway, you know, as Australians, I do think, as I said, we should be focusing on the outcomes for us first and foremost. Um, So take a listen to what Dr. Shortest had to say about my four very big questions for her. Just, I guess, to provide a little bit of context, I think Z feed readers uh, skew quite young and they're really interested in politics, but they definitely are not necessarily um, very deep in like the weeds or the detail of, you know, the very deep political reporting as most young people are not because they just kind of don't really have the time or the inclination to do so. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so while they're really interested in this election and its outcomes, I think there is a tendency to sort of like have the social media view of it, which is that mm-hmm. it is very high stakes, hugely polarising and almost coming down to a battle between like good and evil, which obviously is not really the case. Um, so I just kind of wanted to provide some clarity around that with the guidance of an expert. So I'll start with one of the questions that I sent to you, which basically is if Trump wins the election, um, what does that actually mean for Australia and our relationship with the US? Sure. Um, so our, well, our Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, actually has a really uh, quite a good relationship with Trump. They seem to get along very well. So Scott Morrison, for example, is one of, he's still one of the only world leaders that Trump has invited to an official state dinner to one of the really prestigious events at the White House that's like more important than just a standard kind of diplomatic visit so they they are they have a really good relationship and I think ideologically speaking politically speaking are kind of closer than we might think or that many Australians might be comfortable with you know Trump has said things like he sees Australian immigration policy as a kind of model for for what he wants to do in the United States. So, you know, like people argue that because Scott Morrison has that good relationship, that's a good thing for Australia. You know, if Trump if mm-hmm. Trump is re-elected or um, steals the election, which is another possibility, I think. Um, but on the whole. I'm not sure that that would be a good outcome for Australia because Trump has been really destabilising for the world, but particularly for our region when it comes to the United States relationship with China, for example. And that then creates a really difficult situation, I think, for Australia where we're tied really closely economically to China and economically and politically to the United States. So so that makes a, a really difficult line for us to walk in that sense. 
So, you know, I guess overall, I would say there's this personal relationship that's really strong, but Trump more generally is bad for the world and, and we live in the world. Yeah, because of that sort of destabilising um, role that he's been playing. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, you know, he he's pursuing this kind of trade war with China. He's tearing up agreements. He's trashing, you know, you know, agreements with places like Iran. He's, he's trashing relationships with Europe, with NATO. Um, and, and he's not interested in the rule of law. And, you know, I, of course, haven't even got into things like climate change. So basically... Under, with another four years of Trump, we'll kind of be in even more of this hard position where we're stuck in the middle between the US and yeah. China, which are kind of like the two dominant global forces at this point. And we're kind of caught in the middle trying to play off both and hoping that it all doesn't come crashing down. Yeah, I think so. And, and you know, that's a pretty scary hope when we know how volatile Trump is, like how impulsive he is. And, and given a second term, you know, he'll kind of be... I imagine would be even more kind of unleashed than he is now, which is again like a scary thing to contemplate. If we have the other outcome, which is Biden becoming Mm -hmm. president um, for what seems like it probably will only be four years, but still, Mm -hmm. what would that look like for Australia, a Biden presidency? So I reckon, I think on a practical level, we could expect the relationship to go back to just kind of what it was where the United States sees Australia as an important ally in in the region but we don't you know we don't play a huge kind of role in their bigger considerations about foreign policy I think where it would potentially be really significant for us is that Biden has what is quite a radical climate policy so he's committed to net zero emissions by 2050 and he just said in in today's debate that he's going to do things like phase out federal subsidies for oil companies which is massive like that's a, an absolutely huge thing for him to say i i really wonder how that's going to play out you know it's yeah. either because he's so confident or it was a big slip up and it's going to really hurt him in places like texas um <laughs> so yeah we'll see but he i mean he said that he's already said that he's going to push other countries to to come back to Paris to to meet their Paris Accords commitments to act on climate change. So for us in Australia, that's potentially really significant because that means we have both the United States and Europe. Um, You know, we're currently negotiating a free trade agreement with European Union and they're also pushing really hard on climate change. So that would leave us, I think, potentially more isolated when it when it comes to that issue but also it could be really you know it could be really significant for those of us who want action on climate that could be a really positive development for Australia because of that international pressure that Biden has already said he's going to bring to bear. And then I suppose like potentially the other side of that I mean with our lack of very clear climate policy being the current sort of status quo for Australia and us being so reliant on our resource industry like, am I reading between the lines too much to say that if it is a Biden presidency and they um, do really pursue this um, very progressive climate strategy with serious intent, that could potentially be almost negative for Australia if with the current sort of approach and platform that we've that we've got now? Yeah, look, I, I think so, because it will mean that the kind of investment that Biden is talking about is huge. And it, it will mean, I think, really big shifts in the nature of the United States economy and the global energy economy between, between what Biden wants to do and what the European Union is doing when it comes to investing in renewables and doing things like carbon border tax. That means the global economy 
shifts quite rapidly. And if we don't keep up with that, we're potentially left behind with even less of a market for our, you know, for, for things like our brown coal in particular. Um, and, and even things like, you know, the, the Morrison government's talking about hydrogen. The world will be, under a Biden presidency, the, the world will be interested in hydrogen, but only in green hydrogen. And, and that's not where the focus of our government is. So I think that has really significant implications, you know, potentially for us to be kind of left behind economically speaking. And that, and that has domestic flow on effects as well. If we're not investing in renewable energy infrastructure, um, then that, and, and nobody else is kind of investing in oil or coal, that again, that leaves us far behind the rest of the world, you know, and, and that's not even to get into our kind of moral obligations when it comes to, to shifting to renewables. Yes, and I suppose the only sort of like less scary element of that is that is obviously a very long-term strategy. It's not something that would all of a sudden, you know, fall apart in four years. It's yeah, just exactly. kind of more the strategic vision of where the rest of the world potentially could be going yeah. back to heading. <laughs> yeah, totally. And But, of course, that also all depends on Biden, on the Democrats winning Congress as well. They have to win the House of Representatives and the Senate if he wants to get any of that stuff so it's all like the hypotheticals are piling on top of hypotheticals. There's so many scenarios. Yeah. And I guess that's a really good point that it does sort of seem like if, you know, the Democrats have the House, but they don't manage to flip Congress, then it could be a four years of like not much okay. happening anyway. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. Is it going to have a really big impact on the day-to-day kind of lives of Australians over the next four years or is this more of a long-term outlook like how influential I guess will it be on that level you know right now it's like I said before it feels like the day after the election if Trump wins or loses you know the the world hangs in the balance Mm. I mean obviously the reality is that for most people I think the day after that their lives will continue on relatively the same as the day before in Australia um, but, you know, can we expect any sort of, is there anything that looks like it would really heavily impact our day-to-day lives yeah. here? Look, I, I think you're right um, in that it wouldn't necessarily, like it wouldn't necessarily have an immediate impact. Um, mm-hmm. Either way, I th- you know, I think if, if Biden does manage to win the election and win it clearly um, and the United States doesn't descend into a kind of mess where we don't, we don't know who's won, I think again, the, the impact will be kind of longer term. It'll be around things like political feeling, like how we feel about political possibilities in, in our country and for young people and for the possibility of, of change in terms of climate and things like that. On a, on a more practical level, you know, I think a, a Biden administration, assuming that it can pass legislation and get things done, we would potentially see a much more coordinated and stronger global action when it comes to coronavirus and attempting to contain the coronavirus, which of course will have a, a would have a significant impact um, on young people, especially especially here in, in Victoria, in Melbourne. So so there's that. But I do think it is it is more long term. It's about action on climate change and the kind of I, I guess the kind of stability of the world and and the way that we think about the future. And this you know the same is true of Trump. You know Trump wins re-election. Or stays in office, then I think a, a lot of people will will rightly be fairly fearful about the state of the United States, about American democracy, but but also the world. You know, given all the stuff that we've said about China, so 
like I don't again you know we'll, we'll wake up on a, on the 5th of November on a, and, and our lives won't have changed significantly but that's not to say that it's not going to matter and it's not going to shape the world that we that we live in 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 the kind of longer term if you, if you zoom out for the if you yeah if you zoom out the I think the United States and the world is at a tipping point you know we, we are dealing with the world's superpower that, that is going to decide kind of the direction for action on climate, the direction of the global economy, the, the direction potentially of a, of a global pandemic. So that, that matters to us. It matters to the shape yeah. of our lives. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess like to your point before, it seems like even though um, it's almost like a more high level strategic element, the economic implications yep. for Australia pending that relationship that the US ends up having with China could actually affect our day-to-day lives. Yeah, I think so. The way I always think about it is um, to go back to the election of 2000, where it was George Bush Jr. against um, Al Gore, and that came down to, you know, a couple of hundred votes in in Florida, and and there's still, you know, there's still arguments about about that election. The way I think about it for us here is if if that had gone differently, like if if those couple of hundred votes had gone differently, or the Supreme Court, one Supreme Court justice in the United States had made a different decision, our world would be completely different. You know, our our day to day lives would look so different because of things like you know a Gore administration would have acted on climate change. We might not have had 9/11. We might not have had the Iraq and Afghanistan wars. And that has huge implications for just like our, our normal lives. So even though we might not necessarily see it immediately, if we take that kind of longer term view, it is it's absolutely crucial to, to the way that we live in the world. Yeah, those relationships change the course of things that happen yeah. and the events that happen end up shaping, you know, who we are yeah, exactly. as people in, in this world. Exactly right. um, well, that is a perfect segue to the last question. <laughs> Um, which is that, you know, this election definitely feels incredibly pivotal and influential and like it is a linchpin in pretty much the entire world right now. And I'm just curious um, how you think it stacks up against other, you know, against previous US elections. Is it more influential than most? Is it kind of on par? I, I feel like there's no way that it could be less influential than you know the previous yeah yeah I mean it it is it's hard to tell and and I'm a historian so I'm always kind of I guess reluctant to say like this is the worst time that's ever happened or this is the most important yeah Um, but I do I do really think I honestly believe that this election is a a potential critical tipping point for the world for for a number of reasons um for American democracy you know we we're kind of taught to think of the United States as the greatest democracy in the world but I think that democracy is potentially under threat and that has implications for us you know when when Donald Trump is kind of shouting out to white supremacists and telling them to to stand by I think it's easy for us to think of you know especially uh, someone like me who's very comfortable in Australia to think of that as something kind of that's happening out there but we know that those white supremacist networks are are really well connected and we know that from from Christchurch and from from New Zealand so I think that's a really significant thing when when the president is kind of basically shouting out to to those groups and their potential impact of that so I think that's a a critical tipping point for the US and for the world I think again climate change is is a crucial tipping point when you know the west coast of the United States is on fire and, and the Gulf Coast is being battered by hurricanes. That that has huge implications for us. Um, so I do I do think that 
yeah, this this is an absolutely critical election period. And again, we may not know what the outcome is on on the Wednesday or the Thursday our time. We might not have that result straight away. And so this is a really critical period. And I think it will, you know, I don't I wouldn't want to predict what will happen, but it will come down, I think, to 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 simple things as as how people respond if if Donald Trump tries to to do things like declare a state of emergency somewhere and stop voting or or refuses mm-hmm. to concede um what people do in this next couple of weeks is going to be absolutely critical again not just to the US but to the world yeah I suppose even if it's not you know even if we can't necessarily say that it is the most influential yeah. it certainly has to be probably the most watched Definitely. election ever yeah, like exactly. I mean even just you know a decade ago we didn't have the same sort of access yeah. um to every minute of, of <laughs> every minute that we do now. <laughs> I don't know whether it, it was probably better to be honest but yeah I think so yeah um yeah it's just definitely every single step has been highly highly followed mm. yeah for sure it's exhausting it's relentless <laughs> As I said, the article from this interview is live on ZFeed now, so you can check out the link in the show notes. Um, And if you found this interesting, I definitely recommend listening to the recent Barely Getting By podcast that Dr. Shortus co-hosts, and they interview Barry Cassidy, who is the legendary Australian political journalist, who basically like does a version of this exact episode um, on their podcast, which is just giving his takes on both outcomes. And it is insightful, as you would imagine, coming from someone who just has that much experience. So if you find this stuff interesting and kind of want some more, I definitely recommend listening to that. I'd also recommend listening to Van Jones's TED Talk about what um, happens when a president refuses to concede an election. That is on the TED Talks podcast and you can probably get it online too. So I'll, I'll put a couple of different links in the show notes as well. We didn't like really get into it in this interview because it's a huge topic in and of itself, but there is a really great sense of unknown around the outcome of this election because of the genuine possibility that Trump might refuse to accept a loss if he does lose. Um maybe he will and everything will be fine or maybe he'll win outright and and then again like everything will you know the processes will follow as they are intended but you know I think there is a reason why his refusal to adhere to like these political norms can really be seen as quite destabilizing at best and dangerous at worst and particularly when you think about America's history of kind of violent revolution and how much their election process seems to be built on these like very ceremonial steps um yeah it's it's really worth thinking about and considering and and getting an understanding of anyway it's a it's only like a 20 minute episode and it explains those processes really well and kind of how that'll work so check it out if that's your thing and lastly if you like debatable and z feed and what i'm trying to build here it would be amazing if you could do you know any one of these things really but all three would be amazing if you could leave a review on apple podcasts subscribe to the pod or just share it with a friend we're trying to change the world one conversation at a time